0: Hello and welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter, at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 71. Let's roll. I'm going to be joined this this evening by one of my very good friends. You guys all love when I have chalk on. It's going to be a great show. But first, I'm actually going to (coughs) be calling in to... Uh, Thor Nyström, sort of live from uh, from from Mobile, Alabama, in the Senior Bowl, but wanted to mention a few quick things. Like, you know, I, I don't pimp our, our our site too often, but wanted to point out, man, go to theundroppables.com. Um, we've got free rankings, uh, dynasty rankings, and all that sort of stuff. I mean, we do weekly rankings and uh, redraft rankings, etc. And we're gonna have a draft kit coming out. And we did a great draft kit last year. We're gonna we're gonna have it again, but. Even just right now, Dynasty rankings active up on the site. I know most uh, pl- places that have any sort of dr- uh, rankings that are worth anything are behind a paywall. Uh, there's some free rankings out there, but they're generally dog shit and not updated. Uh, our, our site is free still and constantly updated. So for those of you out there who are, who are playing Dynasty, looking for some for a Dynasty edge, but don't want to necessarily come out of pocket you know, a, a ton or at all in this case – You know, theundroppables.com. It's where you want to be. We've got a great team. We've got Blake Hampton back in the saddle, our director of analytics, and he's really, really smart and doing a lot of great things for us. Uh, We've got a number of rankers on the site. So it's not just one. If you want to sort of sort by your favorite ranker, you can do so. But you can also get a sort of consensus rankings, which I think is huge too, because a lot of times you'll, you know, you'll look at it and I think consensus can really give you a better idea. You know, Beezy's on there and Tommy Moe and the aforementioned Blake Hampton who's a, a really smart kid like I mentioned and myself so you can you know if you think I'm the guy who who, who knows the rankings best you can sort by mine um, unfortunately you can't eliminate mine I know that's probably what you're wondering uh, but lots of cool stuff a lot of great articles Tommy Moe's been doing a, a cool new series called Breaking Bread he had Matt Harmon on most recently so the site's a, a lot of fun and uh, pretty useful so uh, I just thought I'd point that out uh, not only that but this show this the undrafted podcast is going to have some absolute fire guests lined up. You know, in the coming uh, weeks and months leading up to the NFL draft and leading up to your rookie draft, I've got the likes of Ray Garvin, Ray GQ, Travis May, JJ Zacharisen, JJ just uh, moved over to. Do his own thing. No longer at FanDuel and NumberFire. Oh, now doing Lateround.com. Can't wait to check that out. Can't wait to talk to JJ about that. Can't wait to talk to JJ just in general. He's uh, he's obviously fantastic. Uh, returning from last year, Danny Kelly from The Ringer. Josh Boone from The Score. Uh, Got to do the Matt Waldman show. God, man, me and Matt Waldman. What a great dude. Uh, Zach Reed will be back. Uh, and, of course, the long-awaited Matt Kelly, the podfather, uh, will be on this off season, I know you guys are looking forward to that uh, and much more. Uh, not only that, but Thor Nyström will be on. Um, so I'm going to bring out uh, 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 Nick. You, uh, y'all know Nick as Chalk. Uh, you can find Chalk at 101 Chalk on Twitter. Uh, you can find him all over the place on uh, the Undroppables. He's got a great uh, article on the Undroppables: the art of dynasty. And uh, I've got a lot of feedback from that. That that's just an excellent. uh, you know, series that he's done. Uh, so without further ado,
1: Chalk. What's up, Jax? Thanks for having What's me back. What's going on, buddy? Nothing much, man. I'm just uh, kind of a little stuffed up today. I'm not sick, but I'm just feeling a little stuffy. Other I did that, notice
0: that pre-show. You were, a little, uh, you were a little nasally, as they call it.
1: Yeah, man. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I'm coming down with anything, but I'm just a little out of it. Other than that, just been hanging out, uh, been busy grinding uh behind the scenes, as you know. Yes, sir. Ha- happy to be here.
0: Yeah, the, certainly the uh the the godfather of the Undroppables is Mr. Nicholas U and uh Chalk, obviously he is the Chalk. And uh Nick, I, I recently uh just earlier today, uh, uh you know, called into uh Thor Nystrom over at the senior bowl. And we're gonna we're gonna play that right now. So you know, you and I'll be back in you know about 20 minutes or so. It's a pretty quick little uh, uh, interview. He says some pretty cool stuff. So uh, again, calling from a payphone uh, from Mobile, Alabama, Mr. Thor Nystrom. Thor was kind enough to join us. Thor uh, can be found uh, at Thor KU on Twitter. And uh, he, he comes to us from NBC Sports Edge and Uh, gotta love Thor uh, Thor Nystrom, gotta love the name Thor, gotta love everything about him. He absolutely uh, dropped some knowledge here. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Thor Nystrom. Welcome to the program, Thor. Great to talk to you from the Senior Bowl, live from the Senior Bowl. Thor, what's going on, buddy?
2: Good to be back, my man. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. How's it down there in Mobile? That's great. Um, I mean, great in general. The the weather has not been so great. Uh, yes, I've never been as soaked as I was yesterday. Uh, we stood in a torrential downpour all day. I'm not going to complain about it because I have the best job in the world. But uh, it that was a trying day. J- just stayed it out there. It, it, it was it was driving rain all, all day long. Um, but it was an interesting uh, introduction of a variable, you know, onto the onto the football field because you saw. Um, some guys played down in the elements and you saw a few guys uh, that may have even played up in them. Uh, and that was really interesting to see. Well, I think
0: I know who you're going to say, and I'm really excited to hear, but who was one of the guys that, that you thought played up?
2: <laughs> Bleak Willis. Yes, uh, the Liberty, he, he has been the talk of the town this week. Uh, I, I thought he had an awesome Tuesday. Um, so, some people, you know, that some, some people I could maybe debate, Although, you know, a lot of people had that opinion, but yesterday there was no question. Um, It it was one of those moments of all, all who have doubted will become believers. And he converted a lot of people in that building. And it was a real statement uh, kind of day two, because of the conditions. Uh, You saw the conditions affect the other quarterbacks. You saw it affect their, their accuracy. You saw it affect their, their ability to push the ball down the field all sorts of stuff, um, you know, like it, it was harder to even, uh, for, for instance, just to evaluate the wide receivers because of how much uh, the, the elements were affecting the, the quarterbacks and the placement, stuff like that. Malik Willis, it didn't affect him at all. Um, the, the thing people were nitpicking him about on Tuesday, even though he had, you know, probably the five or six best throws of the day on Tuesday, he overshot a couple of guys, uh, you know, on, on Tuesday. So you know, he was getting nitpicked a little bit for for accuracy. We're in driving rain yesterday, and he was hitting everyone on the hands when the other guys weren't um, consistently. Um, And then the other thing was the guys got a damn bazooka. Um, Whereas with the other guys, you you saw the rain again. It it was affecting the velocity of their throws. It it was affecting all of it. Um, The accuracy, everything. Malik, it didn't affect nothing. He's still pushing the ball 50 plus yards downfield. No problem. Flick of the wrist, No problem at all. That ball was just cutting through the rain, like hot knife through butter. Um, and and so that was great. His accuracy, like I said, was awesome. Um, and the other thing we got to see with Malik yesterday that we didn't get to see on Tuesday, as you know, all-star exhibitions with quarterbacks, it's mostly a thing about playing within structure. It's something that should, uh, benefit a quarterback like uh Carson strong and it should, right. it should benefit a guy like Kenny Pickett. It is the opposite of what should help Malik Willis events like this are not designed for players like that. Um, so much of Malik Willis, what makes him dangerous and so much production, it came outside of structure. You know, he kind of played in the playground type offense at, at, at Liberty. Um, and in this event, he was forced to play within structure without use, mostly without use of, of those legs which make him so dangerous. And it's not just because he can steal all those yards as a runner, um, you know, four, three speed, by the way, confirmed four, three as a sophomore at Auburn. We'll we'll see what he runs uh, next month, but it's also the spacing. It gives you on the field, you know, think about it like a basketball game, right? Like just, and and, and we've seen this a bit, like for instance, with Lamar Jackson, you see a little bit with Kyler Murray, Um, just the threat of it. It opens up space for the other guys. Right. And so, but we where again, whereas on tuesday he was he was totally doing the structure stuff and excelling at it. yesterday, a couple of times we, we saw him break out of the pocket um and he is terrifying wh- when he gets out of the pocket because he has uh quasi lamar jackson speed, but the guy's got quasi Jalen hurts power as a right. runner like he, he's he's built in that way. like um he he's such a dangerous player and and again, the event wasn't set up for him and he, and he still has been by far the best quarterback here. Just clearly. I mean, at this point, that is a consensus take through the first two days that he's been the best quarterback here in an event that, that should not have behooved him. He should be struggling here. And it, it has been the opposite. He has opened a lot of eyes. I love it, Thor. I absolutely love it. You know, you
0: I was gonna ask you a few questions. You answered all of them, uh, especially that, that the the point about the structure and the way that this event should not be playing to his advantages. Uh, we talked about it last week on the show, how Malik sort of didn't have that in-pocket um statistical success last year at Liberty, but that might have been a little bit of their structure too. So I love it. Hey we're going to talk. I'm, I'm probably going to have you on the show. I know you're going to actually going to come on the show. This is just a little quick uh, interview and touch base from, from mobile, but uh, who, who are some of the losers or maybe some of the most notable losers that you found from
2: this year's uh, from this year's senior bowl thus far? Well, let's just stay in the quarterback room. Um, Desmond Ritter has had a forgettable week. He's had a poor week. Um, he, he has very clearly been the loser of, of the quarterback room. Um, that his accuracy and touch, um, which on film were, were, were issues, you know, you don't want to nitpick it too much, but they have been issues problematic for him. Um, they have, they have cropped their ugly heads, uh, these first couple of days, he's had some throws where it literally cringe inducing, like people in the crowd are like, Oh boy, what, what the hell was that? Um, he, and and this might just be me projecting, me trying to extrapolate something psychologically, but yesterday in those conditions, like I said, Malik played up. It, it was like, it, it was like, it wasn't even raining for Malik. Malik was on the beach, right? Like, but for, for Ritter, he, it was like, he was spooked. He was spooked to put, put, put the ball in the air. And so he was trying to scramble more. Um, Like he was trying to get out of the pocket. Like as a matter of course, if it wasn't a, a freebie for him, um, he was trying to take off and run more um, let me just say that ain't going to work for him in the NFL. Um, he, he's going to have to learn to, 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 you know, to, to improve that accuracy and touch because he, he ain't that level of athlete like Malik Willis is, uh, to that point. So he, I, I did see that the senior ball tracked him, uh, with the throw the longest throw of the week. Yeah. And also I, I think the singularly fastest throw of the week. Um, and I, my, my fear with that is that, it, that it's going to fool people into thinking that, that he has displayed the best arm here. He absolutely has not. And yeah. the, the, the accuracy and touch has been the worst of the group.
0: Hey, uh, Trey
2: McBride, I guess, is really showing out. What have you seen yep. from Trey McBride? Trey McBride, he's, yeah, he's been great. Um, you know, he was a guy that caught just a metric ton of passes at Colorado State. And, but only the one touchdown, you know, despite all the reception. So we, we knew that he could catch the ball and and, and that, that was kind of a wonky thing. And it was like, is was it just because Colorado state, you know, had a, had a crappy quarterback, stuff like that. And so so you're sort of looking to, to answer some of those questions. And then, you know, or is it, w- was there any sort of thing that had to do with, you know, specific to him in the red zone, whatever. And then the other thing I wanted to see him blocking some of these, some of these big time, enormous edge guys, you know, in the right. one-on-ones and then in the, the team drills as well. Cause it's like, we know that mcbride his the his, the receiving part of his game we know that that's going to translate to some degree or another i mean right. it, he he might be a star in, in that area of the game um or or he might just be you know pretty good but it's going to train one way or the other some, somewhere along that spectrum it will um but i wasn't sure you know the blocking he he has impressed me in that area um i i think he'll be able to hang for sure um in the blocking element as well so um he open an eyes here he's another one of those guys where where anyone that didn't have the the exposure to him or that had some of these smaller questions about you know the 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 the, the successes that he had as a blocker was it you know times where he's in the slotters at times where he's you know lined up against you know a a Mountain West edge rusher that's going to be in the counting next year <laughs> right um, and 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 he has held his own against more daddy edge rushers here um in, in that area of the game so i i think he's he's done well and yeah, I mean, at this point, he's he certainly locked himself into round two, um, and we'll see. I mean, it, you know, it only takes one, and he could certainly slip into the end of round one.
0: Right. I love it. Hey, on that one group of running backs, um, whatever side it is, um, they, they've got um, a couple of my favorites. Uh, Jeremy, uh, Jerome Ford, Abram Smith, Tyler Batty, Hassan Haskins, and one of my very favorite, Rashad White. Uh, of that group, did anybody stand out, or, or what did you think of that
2: group at the running back position? Uh, the two from there that that have opened my eyes a bit, um, Rashad White and Tyler Beatty, um, R- Rashad White, because and this is sort of like the line of thinking that, you know, like with the Malik Willis thing where it's like the, the law of exponential returns because of, you know, like the, the perception and the context. I know that Rashad White is a good receiver. He's one of the best receiving backs in this class. That just You see it on film. You can see it in the numbers. You can see it. In the, that, that's just done. Um, and, 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 you know, that he's got the burst. you know, he can get outside. What, what's been interesting, uh, watching him is I, I think his agility is better. I think his, his vision is a bit better. Um, and I think his, um, I guess I, like swivelly hips, you know, he, 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 he's, he's more patient behind the line and in between the tackles than I thought he would be. And he knows when to punch it. He can get into that hole and he can punch it. Um, so his work just as a, a meat and potatoes runner, I guess has been more, uh, you know, impressive than I, I maybe thought it would be coming in. Great, and then yeah, and then Beatty—he's an—he's an interesting little player. He—he uh, he has an interesting profile, and I think I was probably sleeping on him a bit coming coming into the week. Um, he is super slippery. He—he, um, he, he, you know, he, he's a guy that hides behind the line. Uh, he's another guy that has has very good patience. He's another guy that can get outside of the tackles. Um, but yeah, the, the way that I would describe is very slippery, and he gets around that edge, and he's squirting upfield you know, just squirting up field. Um, he, he's hard to get your, your your hands on him and he's hard to corral down. Um, he, he's he's like this little grinder. That's just like a little puzzle to solve as, as a runner. He, he He's impressed me more than I thought he would for sure.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Hey, there was a couple of wide receivers that I thought were pretty interesting. I'm not even going to ask you about any specifically, but if you had to pick one, two, or maybe three wide receivers, I, I hearken back to the senior bowl where, where Debo Samuel walked in and basically had his you know, what hanging out was like, I'm the best one here. Like he was sort of the alpha. I don't know that there's anybody like that at at this particular senior bowl, but if there's anybody that stood out to you, uh, who, who has, uh, sort of stood out as a winner at the wide receiver position.
2: It's Christian Watson from North Dakota state. Um, yeah, you know, we knew so Christian Watson, you know, he's six, four, he, he, he's, he's a stoutly belt kid. And we also know that he's a burner, you know, like, um, And, and people have exposure to him merely just from watching the Trey Lance film, right? Like when Trey Lance was chucking up all them, them deep bombs, the guy on the receiving end of them was always Christian Watson. He'd always torch someone. So, so you knew that he could do that. Right. And like, I I talked to someone on Tuesday that that said uh, he put it, he put, I thought he put it so well. He said, he said, coming in, we, we know that he is at minimum a prototype Packer receiver, the long outside guy that will take the top off the defense at bare minimum the reason that he is that Christian Watson has been so impressive this week is the other stuff Um, working the intermediate area of the field the the Christmas Christmas running the routes um, his hands catching the ball in traffic. Uh, in the intermediate area, you know, not, not, not the deep stuff that we already know that he can do the other thing. And, and, and I knew that he could do this just because it's a staple of the end issue offense. And also you can see this in his grades and everything. Um, but you know, maybe this was a more underrated aspect of his game because I, I think maybe some people's minds might associate that sort of like long, uh, deep ball guy with being more of a finesse type player but Christian Watson is an awesome run blocker and he is a dogged competitor um, on in, in in the practices. When, when you, you see a, a long run busted on his side, it's either because he sealed this guy off and he, he put his butt up, you know, on the sideline or else it's because he 30 yards downfield acting as the lead envoy. Like he, he's one of those guys who is always in, you know, a part of the action there. And he, he's always got a hat on a hat. It's always effort and it's always effective effort. Um, he, in terms of just, you know, if you just look at the PFF run blocking grades for this wide receiver class from last year, he he's, you know, right up there, you know, top 10. Um, and, and that certainly shows up on tape, you know, you know, the NDSU offense, it, it provided him plenty of opportunities to do that. And you're not allowed at NDSU not to block, right? It, 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 it don't matter what position that you play. If it's a running play, you are going into the whistle and you are blocking. And Christian Watson most certainly took those lessons here. That, that was one of those very small things that just impressed the. The, if I can say it, press the piss out of me. Yeah, it, you it, sure it, can, man. Yeah, it it, it, it wasn't just the, the the wow stuff. And he certainly had the wow stuff. I, on Tuesday, he, he just dominated all day. And at the very end of practice, uh, they, they chucked it up to a deep and it was, it was a double T. but he climbed the ladder and he always came down with the ball. It was very clearly interfered with, you know, it just got tugged down or whatever in, in in a thing that would have, you know, in the NFL would have been a 50 yard pass interference or whatever. It's just in every area you've seen it, you've seen him, you've seen him excel deep here. You've seen him excel in the intermediate area. You've seen him excel as as a run blocker and you know that he gives effort on every single play. Um, I think he's going in the second round. Wow. And, okay. And, and, and we'll see beyond that. Um, and by the way, do not be stunned if he runs in the high four threes. Wow. Um, and, and if he doesn't, if he doesn't mark my words, he's running in the very, very low four, fours. Wow. Promise you. Wow. So Christian Watson's making himself some
0: money. Um, hey, one other thing that you were doing while you're there is sort of, you know, getting the scuttlebutt, you know, obviously there's a lot of NFL, uh, you know, uh, members and, and different, different people. So, What's some of the cool scuttlebutt that you've heard? Uh, some 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 things that you've uh, you've gathered from information on the ground there.
2: Well, I I heard some just going back to the the quarterbacks and you know obviously the the NFL now there there's some teams that have wide open quarterback uh, you know situation and quarterback rooms right now and this quarterback class it, it I think it's still wide open certainly was wide open coming into the, the this week so you know it's sort of interesting with all that stuff. On Tuesday, I think it was after the practices, you saw Mike Tomlin um, and a couple of the other members of the Steelers meeting, not only with Malik Willis, but also with his family. And that, you know, that got picked up on Twitter that, you know, it was was one of those things that sort of piqued your interest. Uh, Last night, I talked to a source with intimate knowledge of the situation, let's just say. And I, I asked him about that. And he said, the Steelers clearly, obviously prefer Malik Willis to Kenny Pickett you know, people have been talking about, you know, the, the thing of Kenny, you know, is Kenny Pickett going to stay in the city? You know, Ben Roethlisberger just retired would would, would the Steelers draft, Kenny Pickett and keep him there. It, it's kind of a cool story. This guy, you know, said from his talks with, with, with the Steelers, no, it, no, uh, uh-uh, no, they, they are dead red on Malik Willis. So take that for whatever it's worth. Wow. Well, that is some fun stuff. Hey,
0: We've got maybe a couple more minutes and you got to get rolling. Uh, Anybody else that you saw either that disappointed or, or stood out I, like maybe even a, uh you know, Romeo Dubes. Is that how you say his name? I don't even know. Alec Pierce, anybody like that? Any, any other wide
2: receivers that you thought were either ups or downs? Well, Khalil Shakir had a good day today. Um, Kelvin Austin has, has impressed here. Uh Austin, we knew he was like a super exp- explosive player, but he's impressed me a little bit with his ability to catch the ball uh, with his hands outside of his frame as well. And in traffic, cause I didn't see that much at, at Memphis. So um, that, that stuff was good. Um, one, one loser. I, I didn't get, you mentioned Abraham Smith before I, I liked Abraham Smith this past year at Baylor, you know, he's a converted linebacker. He's a really yeah. tough kid. Um, he's he's a grinder, you know, he's, okay. he's a, between, be, between, between the tackles, grinder. he didn't do much as a receiver this past season, but he was, he was very effective as that, that grinder type back. Um, he hasn't impressed so far this week. Uh, you know, he, the, the receiving side, I, I don't think he's ever going to be able to do that very good, but um, he's had a lot of opportunities to run between the tackle and doing that grind and stuff. And whereas th- th- that should be something that suits him more than, for instance, Rashad white, right? right. Like, um, or, or Tyler Beatty. Right. And, 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 and from my observations, uh, Abraham Smith has not acquitted himself better and in, in that area th- than those guys. and, the other areas, they're going to blow him out. So I, that's great. you, you, you start to wonder a little bit about, you know, where, what exactly is his, is Abraham's fit going to be at, at the next level and, and who is going to, you know, view him as a guy that, that could start in the, in the short term. Um, I, Yeah. His stock is definitely down a little bit after this week, I think.
0: Wow. That's fantastic. Hey man, we just, we just made Uh, thank you for coming on. I know you got to get going. And that was a, uh, that was so nice of you to join us here live and, and, uh, Thor, thank you so much, brother. Go back to it and uh, keep up the good work. We'll be sure to be following you on Twitter at ThorKU um,
2: and, and everywhere else. Thank you so much. Uh, appreciate you, Thor. My man, of course, I got to go and get some more information. I'll have it for you next time you have me on. Later, brother. Well,
0: thank you so much to Thor Nystrom and back at it with Mr. Nick Chalk. Wow. I love the fire that that he dropped sort of with the Malik Willis situation. I was thinking about Malik Willis and kind of where, you know, where he was at. And I've got some some major thoughts. But, uh, you know, the the, the scuttlebutt sort of being that uh, Malik was the class of the senior bowl thus far, uh, at least as of, you know, Today being Thursday, this is releasing on Friday, but uh, I, you know, it's it's a little surprising, you know, but it's not that surprising. I mean, he's such a stud, but uh, I've got a lot of thoughts, but uh, pretty cool, huh?
1: Yeah, no, it's really interesting to hear all that insight, you know, out out, out from mobile, and you know, Thor Thor is a good guy, you know, so I was, I'm happy to hear that you were able to connect with him and get the inside scoop. Yeah, I mean, that's what I've been hearing, right? Malik Willis is. Kind of stolen the show out there at the Senior Bowl. Um, you know, sounds like several teams have kind of you know shown some interest. You know, of course, we don't know; it's a lot of smoke signals. But we also do know that a lot of teams need a quarterback this off season, <laughs> That's for sure. And, and <laughs> uh, this isn't the best quarterback class per se, as as most of us know uh, by now. And I think and here's the thing: I, I'm not I'm not going to downplay the Malik Willis hype. Right. But I, I do think that, given the the lack of star power at the quarterback position in this uh, this class in particular, yeah, I think I think there's probably going to be a propensity to gravitate towards somebody, right? And it seems like it's going to be Malik Willis this time, and you know I mean, he might be the darling that we all just latch onto because that's all we have. Whether or not that pans out remains to be seen. It's going to be interesting to see though. Uh, you know, I think we were, talking, we were talking about this ahead of the show. Without even seeing a lot of rookie mock drafts going on, you know, his change in value, perceived value in, in ADP, how that's going to be changing over the next, you know, couple weeks, the next month yeah. or so before we really get into the rookie mock season. So, um, no, it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, his, yeah. I, I, yeah. I would
0: say, like, you know, it was like, you know, going into the year, maybe it was like Sam Howell was like, you know, quarterback one. I know a lot of analytics guys like Sam Howell. I like Sam Howell analytically. And, you know, um, he's a little small, small hands, you know, who I don't know. You know, you're nitpicking. They're all seniors, which is kind of, you know, not great. You'd love to see him come out early. A lot of times in the senior bowl, there's like a couple guys in this case that are like all seniors because like they were not good enough to come out last year for the most part, especially – in that awesome class last year. So it started with Sam Howell and then it kind of moved to like, Kenny Pickett was moving towards the top of the class. And, you know, then for a little while it was also Matt Corral, you know, Matt Corral had a great season, um, you know, really, uh, you know, efficient, uh, great, you know, on the ground, you you know, the Konami code. Uh, He's also small and slight. Uh, That's kind of a problem. And, you know, if you go way, way back, it was Malik Willis. You know, if you go way back, you know, to middle of last year, it was like, oh, Malik Willis is going to be the guy. I mean, it, I guess it was really Spencer Rattler going all the way back, but it was like, you know, <laughs> poor one out, <laughs> you know, poor, poor, poor son of a bitch. Uh, but you know, it was Malik Willis. This was going to be the Malik Willis draft, and then you know, the season happened, and he was dynamic and electric, and you know, off script and off balance plays were amazing, and then you know, but in the pocket, clean pocket, no pressure. He was one of the worst rated quarterbacks in college football. And and then the senior bowl happens. And what they were saying was all of his, well, you know, Thor just said it. All of that on schedule stuff was the stuff he's doing best. You know, while I don't want to overstate the class chalk, I do want to say that if there is a player in this class, like we talked about it pre-show, if there's a player in this class, you look at the 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 top. You look at all the quarterbacks, right? In dynasty or in fantasy, there's this top tier of you know, uh, Konami Code quarterbacks. You know, Lamar Jackson, Dak, um, Deshaun Watson, Kyler, right? Josh Allen, Mahomes, right? That 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 group. Burrow and and Herbert. After those guys. There's like a huge drop-off. And it's like, oh shit, you know, it's like maybe Trey Lance, maybe Justin Fields. There's a lot of maybes. Um, but after that, it's like either kind of just just a guy type of thing, but there's not this elite guy after that. Russell Wilson was on that list. He's kind of, you know, right? So you look at that. If there's a guy in this class that can break into that top eight, top six, top five. It's Malik Willis because he has that upside. Well, if he can also show, as as he's done so far in the Senior Bowl, that he has stability and maybe the ability to be an on-time, on-target thrower, boy, oh, boy, he's going to be very, very intriguing in the top half of a first round of a Superflex rookie mock or rookie draft, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, no. I mean, if it's in the top half, I would have to press the button. Right, if it's if it's one hundred one, one hundred two, I don't know if I would. I know, I know. Uh, I mean, and, and we're real early, and, I, and I'll we be the first early. to admit that. Yep. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not one of the rookie evaluators. You know, this early in the game. Yep. But just kind of looking at what the class is yielding right now, you know, just from the smartest people I know. You know, up until this week, it wasn't. He wasn't in the conversation, right? As like a top two, top three pick now you know i think you have to consider like you said he has i mean he has the upside right and i think we yeah. have to chase that to a certain extent you have to shoot for the moon <laughs> yeah um you know i mean if you don't then whenever you're ever gonna hit a home run so i think there's uh, a honestly, balance Nick, to that. if, he,
0: if yeah. he lands like with pittsburgh as as thor was saying like they really like yeah. him let's just i mean
1: yeah you I, know, I saw I, that
0: whatever make it pittsburgh make it any place where there's fertile soil like you know just know, denver it doesn't matter like any place where it's like okay You can picture him starting with weapons and a team that's kind of ready-made and could be good and good coaching staff, whatever. Like, you put him on any team that needs a quarterback that, like, you know, okay, in the first round, it's going to be actually hard to pass him up at the 1.01 given his upside. Like, because what else are you doing? I mean, you're Brees Hall, a couple wide receivers, like – it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be very interesting. And I, I think, you know, the not that you could have really bought him unless you're in Devy Leagues or whatever, but I think the cheapest that Malik Willis will be until he either succeeds or fails in the NFL was like this past week before the Senior Bowl. And I think it's going to be uh, sort of arrow up for him value-wise, and we'll see where he ends up landing. Um, you know, I'm still dubious, as you are, but in terms of like where you'll have to take him or whatever, I think yeah, he might yeah. go all the way to the top. It's possible.
1: Yeah, and, and and I would right, I, I would take him, you know. I mean, if it was at a one hundred and three and a super flex, I would. I mean, as of right now today, I'd probably just take him
0: today. Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. Today. That's
0: what's crazy because I saw yeah. a lot of mocks where he was going like early second because people were afraid of this pocket stuff. It's just crazy how much things can change so quickly, and I think that's probably the the dynasty takeaway that we could you know tell people is you know buy the dip. When you see it, you know, you never know if it's a dip or a cliff, you know. But, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but uh, you know, sometimes you got to read those silver leaves and figure out that, you know, hey, this kid's going to get drafted at some point. It was going to go up. And, you know, unless, again, unless you're in a devi league, there's no real way to have bought the dip on Malik. But we're seeing it again, and, and we see it seemingly over and over again in Dynasty.
1: Yeah, and and, and since you're talking Dynasty, I think it's kind of, you know, a good time to mention or talk about – the quarterbacks, you know, in in the dynasty landscape, just where he would fit in, right? Just looking yeah. at my rankings in general, I mean, just get him getting drafted to Pittsburgh, right? Let's just throw it out there, sure. Pittsburgh, make it, make it happen. Um, yeah, just say it, is. Yeah. I mean, I would slot him in at you know low end QB two, so like a QB twenty three, QB twenty four overall, easy. You know, maybe a little bit lower, but yeah, I mean, definitely top thirty. No, no, Yeah, yeah. You I know, think it's I mean, way higher.
0: I think, you, you you know, I was looking at my rankings and it's like, you know, you start looking at Fields, Lance, Lawrence, you know, Mac Jones, yeah. Zach Wilson. Like, look, I, I've said this before. It's, it's the Trey Lance corollary. What has Trey Lance done in this league so far? absolutely yeah nothing, no exactly right? nothing same as malik willis i mean no yeah house, you know?
1: yeah he very similar to me very similar in terms of small school a ton of upside a ton of upside. you know the ball explodes out of their hands but you yep. know and they got that rushing upside and you know there's a lot of similarities there right but then also yes. a lot of like and they're both unknowns they're both yes. who are these guys <laughs> you know they can be really you know good oh, Chuck, or just you, the flame out you, you know? know what
0: Chuck though Here's the thing that we we do know, that if – there's no doubt that if they play, they're going to be a uh, fantasy positive, right? Yes, yes. You know, they're going to be a fantasy weapon for you because of the rushing upside. So they could be terrible or good, and as long as they play, they're going to be a great fantasy option for scoring fantasy points because of rushing upside, period, okay? So – that's why they're so high on the board because all they have to do is be like somewhat above average. Like if they're Jared Goff as a passer, they're a top five quarterback. You know, it's like yeah, crazy,
1: yeah, yeah, right? It is, it is crazy, <laughs> yeah. It's and that's that's kind of what makes Jalen Hurts so, so interesting, right? He's go. a great fantasy quarterback, and yeah. I've I've been on the Jalen Hurts roller coaster. I was high on yes. him, low on him, out like off him, back on him. Right? Like low on him again, high on him again. And yeah, I mean, but yeah, why why though? Why do I keep coming back? Because he has a rushing upside and, you know, he rushes for 50 yards or 40 yards. I mean, that's a given pretty much. He might, he'll probably have a touchdown at least every other game, a rushing touchdown. And like you said, he plays like Jared Goff and puts up 12 points as a passer and 8 to 10 points as a, you know, rusher, as a floor. A floor right as a floor you know <laughs> that's as a floor then he's gonna have those boom weeks so then yeah that, that puts you in the top five you know top seven discussion right yeah so it's,
0: yeah exactly he, i mean if yeah. if jalen hurts had draft capital he wouldn't be as low as he is in my in my uh, dynasty ranks i'm just nervous yeah. that that he's gonna get replaced i mean you know whether it's deshaun watson or i don't know man i just i get a little nervous like you know, they, they flirted with Gardner Minshew a little bit, you know, it was like, there was like, I don't know, man. It just, it doesn't feel all that secure. And he wasn't exactly the most, like again, on target, on time thrower, like that wasn't him. I mean, they, when they were successful, it was running the ball. I mean, he made a few dime passes. I mean, the kid's got, you know, skills. I'm not saying that, but he's just not as consistent a thrower. And you know, if, if he gets replaced then obviously all of his rushing upside is irrelevant and that's really it. So that's why I say if, if, uh, if, Malik Willis does get sort of draft capital um, and a little bit of a landing spot. Then I think he's he's insulated and and I'll move him into honestly probably my top twelve quarterbacks in dynasty that that quickly because if he like I said if he plays he's gonna he's gonna bring back bring back value so um, it's just tough man because we we never know if these quarterbacks are actually gonna be any good whatsoever I mean the Josh Rosen Baker Mayfield Josh Allen Lamar Jackson Sam Darnold class you know, I'm sure someone had it right, of course, in some ways or whatever. But the point of the matter is we didn't know as a, as a as a community as the NFL. The NFL fucked it up. Lamar Jackson went end of the first round. You know, my Patriots, I was so pissed off when they passed on him. You know, it's like for Sonny Michelle, go fuck, you know. But it's like ridiculous. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, you see a lot of these situations where you're just like, we don't know exactly who's going to be the good player. We knew Lamar was going to be a great asset if he hit. We weren't sure if he was going to hit. Kind of the same thing with Josh Allen and for two years he didn't hit, but he was insulated by that draft cap. Just like Daniel Jones is being insulated. I don't think he's got the same upside, of course, not what I'm saying, but th- you know, he has yeah, been he abjectly average it. and he's still the starter, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> look at like Baker, Baker Mayfield yeah, or same. even Sam Darnold, right? Sam Darnold got chances. Um, you know, the ghost of Cam Newton's still alive, right? Because yeah, <laughs> I mean, because of draft. He has, he has, yeah, it's a pedigree, right? Like he was yep. once I mean Jameis Winston. I mean even Mariota. I think Mariota is going to resurrect. You know, at some point, you know, he coming might. soon. Trubisky. I mean, these guys all may, may have another at least at least one more year in them, right? Like one year of being a starter somewhere as a bridge.
0: What does that uh, tell you about how bad Josh Rosen must be?
1: <laughs> Sad, isn't he? Like twenty three or something. I saw that he's like man, still like he's still so young too. It's it, you know and one last thing about Malik Willis. I, I just saw this as I was preparing for this to come on uh and we're talking about jalen hurts did you see that and this could be all a bunch of nonsense but howie roseman showing some interest in malik willis what would happen if he took him at the end of the first round with one of? he's got like those three first first round picks yeah Yeah, holy shit dude what if he takes malik willis that
0: would That would be fun as hell just to see, you know, Spider-Man meme, you know, those two guys (laughs) in the locker room. (laughs) Jalen Hurts, Malik Willis, like which one of us is playing?
1: Uh, (laughs) Both of you.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. The first uh, multiple quarterback sets. Yes, absolutely. Uh, You know, and uh, Malik Willis uh, was like six, just over six foot, 220 dude's thick man dude uh you know was the talk of the town t- in terms of like uh communicating with you know media and coaches and my goodness he uh he really won won the senior bowl thus far so uh more more to come speaking of of great running quarterbacks tom brady retired
1: i know i Buddy. mean we're both sad we're both sad Ugh. i mean you're probably more sad than i am just cuz Well, because
0: because I drafted him everywhere in startups last (laughs) offseason, thinking he had two more years, I was banking on the two more years. I was like, he's playing two more. He's got this – and for all intents and purposes, there are zero reasons he should retire except for – like he was first in wins, first in yards, first in touchdowns, like first in completions, first – like dude led the league in every major passing category at age 44 – and almost made it to the Super Bowl, and I, there's just no real reason other than I'm just fucking bored that he should retire.
1: Yeah, no, it it definitely threw me off, you know, that he, you know, and I'm trying not to be biased or be, be swayed by my by Bucks fandom or having him on my Dynasty teams, <laughs> you know, because and I, and I you know have I definitely have won a few spots, um, but. It, 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 when i heard it, i was like no he didn't like no, right. why like why would he do that like you know y- you're still so good and like i don't I, I, it just it threw me out it didn't sound like tom brady but then yeah maybe maybe something got to him he just realized he's not gonna do it anymore
0: I, yeah i,
1: I think I mean, there was a it, little it, bit of a it, rift
0: it, with uh you know the team uh yeah. i don't think everything was hunky dory i, I Look, I think the Antonio Brown thing might have been a little bit more of a thing. Um yeah. n- not that he was off the team, but sort of maybe that I don't know. I mean,
1: he well that he last game, yes. I mean, you could tell he he didn't ha- he didn't have someone he could trust. I mean, Mike Evans was there, but he was pretty blanketed. Yep. You know, I mean, Ramsey was, you know, pretty much shut him down. Which yep. usually happens with Mike Evans, right? Yep. That that's that's been my my knock against him what has been you're the alpha, but then Marshawn Lattimore, eat you know, eat your lunch every single – twice a year, every time yes. you guys play the Saints. And, you know, um, whoever it was, you know, Ramsey or, you know, I mean, you know, even like, you know, Slay, like whoever it was, yeah. they always would take a piece out of Evans, like every single game. And you could tell Brady was getting frustrated that yeah. – he didn't I think have the, the Godwin you know, Gronk, Gronk wasn't yeah Godwin was out the Godwin uh, ACL
0: you know like he's not coming yeah. back so quick like not sure when he's back obviously Antonio Brown who knows Gronk a year older he's kind of looking at this team going oh my God you know this can't be it so I think it's a little bit of that I think it's a little bit of you know dude is forty four and I think the other thing for Tom Brady is and and you know I've been listening to you know a lot of different people and you know just talking about him who who know him well like even bill simmons and mike lombardi who you know whatever and uh they were sort of talking about how he is maniacal about his preparation and about being perfect and about you know extracting the absolute most from his potential which i think you you could say he did which is pretty impressive that that was his goal and he absolutely did that um you know six round pick and you know um it just got the absolute most, you know, from himself. But I think in doing so, he prepares so hard. And, like, he he says it's a 365-day-a-year commitment and all this sort of thing. And I think it was probably just like, you know what? It's just too much uh, to sort of ramp up, especially if I don't believe this team and believe in this team. You know, I, I, I just wonder if he would chill for a minute and then make a comeback. But, you know, he did – you know, it was funny because everyone was saying, like, oh, he shined, the Patriots didn't thank them. I was like, actually, I kind of like that. Maybe he was just saying goodbye to the Bucks and not goodbye to the NFL. I was like, you know, maybe it was just sort of a peace fucking Bucks, and like I'm still available come, you know, July and August, you know, it's like, ah, I'm still good. Maybe I can find a team. Who needs a quarterback? So, um, you know, just that would have been kind of cool if he just found his way to some cool team, uh, you know, whatever. I, I I can't even think of who because it's not on my, I haven't been thinking about it, but, um, you know, But uh, it sounds like he's done and it's one of the greatest, you know, sports careers that we'll ever see. I think his accomplishments in terms of playoff wins and playoff winning percentage will literally never be touched. And I don't even think that's hyperbole. I I mean, like never, ever will it be touched.
1: Yeah, he's ridiculous. He's so good, you know, hands down. You know, I'm glad that I finally got to just, you know, accept and appreciate his greatness. Um, but yeah, I I think he's done too, right? Like just to kind of wrap up your point there, yeah. It, it crossed my mind like, oh, maybe he will come back. You know, kind of not mid season, but you know, gets the itch, sees a team that is, yes. is pretty much ready to go, plug and play, and yeah, he'll he'll kind of go after it again. But he did that already, right? Like he did yeah. it with the Bucks, so he's already proven. Okay, I could do it without without Bill. I can do it with Bill. I can do it without. I can do it with any team you give me. Um essentially good defense, no defense. Um you know and, and I think for him he's accomplished so much that he doesn't need to come back, right? Like yeah, it was it was a d- disappointing loss and we probably should have won or could have come back and won that game. It was stupid that it ended like that at the end. Um but I think he's you know, he's okay with his career. If it was – maybe he's like an Aaron Rodgers, you know, he could come back because it's like, oh, so close, something to prove. For Tom, yep. it's, you know.
0: Yeah, I think the uh,
1: the jury is out, uh,
0: you know, or at least, uh, you know, the, the whole Bill versus um Brady thing I thought was kind of stupid. You know, obviously, you know, a lot of pe- people are so dumb, man. Anybody who ever said like, Oh, Brady would have been nothing without Bill. I mean, want to talk about the dumbest things you could possibly say is like, you know, he's on the field. He's thrown for more yards than any other player. thrown for more touchdowns than any other player. Like, you don't do that because a coach props you up. Like, yes, there's some symbiosis and clearly, you know, they did things for each other. But if you're going to argue that one propped up the other it would have been that brady propped up belichick i mean you know as great as belichick is and i think he may be the greatest coach of all time that still doesn't mean that you're gonna win you know uh more playoff games than any other like come on like no coach is that dominant where they're like yep win every year just because i'm so good at coaching like that's just fucking stupid you know you're you're gonna get like mike tomlin did a great coaching job this year. Uh, Sean Payton did a great coaching job this year. Those those coaches did outstanding. And they were like, you know, just over 500 because their teams were kind of not so good. And they didn't have Drew Brees or Ben Roethlisberger pour one out, right? So they, they didn't have those guys. So they weren't able to be that great. Tom Brady was the reason that that team won all those games because he was actually on the field. Bill Belichick enhanced Tom Brady, but Tom Brady carried the water.
1: Yeah, man, no, no arguments there, man. Pour one out to the goat, man. Yeah, pour one out for the goat.
0: And uh, you know, speaking of the goat, Josh McDaniels um, is going to be the—I uh, almost said Oakland Raiders. You know that? I'm just old. He's going to be the Las Vegas Raiders head coach, uh, and he said something that I've been saying for years. I'm out here in California. I'm a, I'm a you know Boston guy, New England Patriots fan. Here in you know in in central coast california central california and uh you know we we you know i'll meet raider fans and they're like so where are you from and i at the "Boston." Like, oh and they get upset i go dude it was a fumble and i say it all the time i say it straight to their face they're like they don't know what to do about it and so i'm so happy that josh mcdaniel said it's it so funny you know uh he said it to uh you know whatever is uh bulk bowl, bowl haircut man mark davis uh it was a fumble i thought that was i thought that was
1: awesome It's <laughs> classic yeah it was what, great. what a what a what an entry yeah, I love it. Don't you? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, it. it's it's kind of one of those things where to get accepted in you know in the Raiders culture, you kind of have to have a little bit of that snark, right? You got to have a little bit of that attitude. So I love it. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I it's an easy thing to say too, because of course it was a fumble. You know what I mean? Like, of course it was a fumble. I I, I I I tell this story every time. Like, I was watching that game live. You know, not not at the game, but you know live in person and, and, you know, I'm watching and the play happens. And I literally went in the other room. It was over. The game was over. I left the room. I went to go get a drink, a beer, a snack. I don't fucking remember, you know, just in the kitchen, like the game's over. It's not important anymore. Cause if that was a fumble, the game was over. They were going to kneel on it, whatever is over. And someone was like, they're reviewing it. I'm like, they're reviewing shit. It was a fumble. I saw the play. It's a fumble. And when they overturned it, you know, I, I knew it was a fumble in the moment. And it's a stupid rule, and God bless us, and fuck the Raiders, and all the rest of it. But you know, win some, lose some. Tough breaks. You know, I don't give a shit. You know, Um, (laughs) you know, and and it and it launched Tom Brady's career because that was his first playoff win. I mean, it's just unbelievable that that's how how it goes down. And you know, Josh McDaniels full circle comes in and and uh, and gives the Raiders fans just what they need. It was a fumble. Um, Yeah, yeah, a lot of fun. Hey, one other thing I want to touch on. I don't know why I want to touch on it, but I just do is the Brian Flores thing. Um, you know, I, I keep hearing, and you know, I I'd love to have a, maybe a more nuanced conversation at some point, but I keep hearing this, this um, you, well, obviously suing for racism and you know, I don't doubt that they're racist, you know, uh, overtones, you know, clearly that's why the Rooney rule came up was because of so much racism. Right. So I believe there is racism, But I think the reason that he's not getting a job is not specifically racism, but more so nepotism. I think there's just so much nepotism in the league. Like, you know, it's just sort of who, you know, this guy, that guy. And it's just all that nonsense. You know, why, how is it possible that everybody's coaches, uh, all these coaches, all their sons and nephews are all great coaches too? You know, it's like, it's not a meritocracy. It's nepotism all day long. And you know, if you're not in the good old boys network, then you're out. And you know, I was listening to uh Mike Lombardi again. I, I kind of listened to him to just sort of get some insights on how the league works. And he had mentioned that like there's a there's an NFL like uh board of of people who will recommend who the the upping who the coaches are that you should be picking from. Like they basically recommend to you as the owner which of the candidates are acceptable it's like what you know what i mean so it's like it, it, there's not really a each team thinking on their own going outside the box i also heard and i'm going to have him on the show at some point i'm going to pick his brain on this matt kelly uh recent pod was talking about how what, you know you're a leader of men why the hell don't the players have a say in who is their leader and you know what? I'd never really thought of it that way. I kind of like the idea. I'm not saying that the players should fucking vote and pick the guy. I don't know exactly, but the, literally you pick like a guy like Adam Gaze and like, who the fuck, you know, nobody wants that guy, you know, nobody's picking that guy to lead them into battle or whatever. So I think there's something to that. Um, and uh, I don't know. I think it's a broken system. I think the Rooney rule is a, a bad rule to try and fix a broken system. In other words, it doesn't actually work. And it puts up situations like this where Brian Flores was kind of used as the the token black dude that we could interview so that we can hire the guy we want. Well, that's fucked up too.
1: Yeah, no. I, you know what? You're right. And I agree that there's nepotism and that's probably the reason or could be the reason why Brian Flores does not have a job. Um, but I do think that the nepotism is rooted in a system that is systemically racist. Yes, right. So, so correct. So, so you, yeah, you did say it, right? The good old boys. I mean, yep. I hate to say it, but you know, if you look around, the good old boys, like they all kind of look the same. I mean, I don't zero black I, owners. I, I, exactly, right. Yep. So, I guess I'm just trying to go there. I'm just trying to say that yep, there's nepotism, and they're all friends, but they're all friends with amongst white rich white men and there's no <laughs> yes, minorities or, or, or african-americans or, or any of that uh, yep. or women or uh, you know and and the rooney rule yes I, I agree too it's it's making a a bandaged attempt yes to oh yeah we're not racist like yeah this that's right exactly so, so yeah that's that's yeah. not good i think i think if the true intent is there, then, yeah, I mean, I, and I don't know, right? I'm not that I'm not that smart. I, get, I don't know the solution. The, the solution. Yeah, right. the solution to remove this, I think, but I think, right. but, but I think this, the beginning is awareness. People yes. talking about it, having open dialogue. Yeah, days. I think social media and media now, because it's so supercharged with the internet and information travels so fast that, you know, accountability and Changing the the culture and the system slow like it has to start now through awareness, right? And we're talking yes. about it here, and you know we're we're not. So here's the other part, right? I mean, you could just boycott it, but that's not that's not really no. a reality. We're not yeah, going to no. because that's, that's because then there's a
0: lot of black guys who are getting paid millions of dollars and enriching their exactly. families on this sport yeah. too so yeah, it's not yeah. all just that yeah, yeah, so, yeah i'm with you man it, and you know what it is awareness you're absolutely right and you know brian flores is going to be the pariah and he's also yeah. going to be a litmus test so It was kind of like the colin kaepernick thing like you know if you brought up colin kaepernick and someone was like fuck that guy you kind of knew what his sort of you know yeah. p- worldview was just based on that like Fucking disrespectful. You know, you're like, all right, man, you know, totally right. Yeah. You know, so Brian Flores is going to do this same thing and he's going to have to put himself out there. And he says he's putting himself out there. Even if he gets a job, he's going to go through with this. And look, he may be right. He may be wrong. I don't know if it was specifically, he may be totally right. It could have been. I don't even know. I think it's hard to prove. I think it's really hard to you know to sort of say that this was the reason and it's going to be an ugly sort of battle and i don't know that he necessarily quote unquote wins for himself but i think he does win for like you say the cause and hopefully moving the conversation forward and putting some light on the issues that's really there and and there'll be tremendous pushback from people who you know like to sh- to turn a blind eye to systemic racism but fuck them. You know what I mean? Who gives a shit? I mean, you know, they're going to have to deal with it. And for those of us who are thoughtful enough to know that it's not, (laughs) sorry for the pun, but black and white, you know, there's a lot of shades of gray. You know, you don't have to be specifically racist to not consider black people for a job. You know, you can be just sort of unawarely racist. Like I would never hire a black guy in the back of my head, but you know, you just hire white people. Like that's just the way it is, you know, and and that, that's sort of the idea of the Rooney rule is to sort of force you to interview people that you might not otherwise. Um, at the end of the day, like I said, I, I don't think it necessarily changes things, the Rooney rule, but I think Brian Flores sort of shedding some light on this is a good thing. And I just wanted to sort of throw that out there. I know it's a dynasty podcast, but man, oh man, I had those feelings going. And I really want to get them out.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, you know, right, rightfully so, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a sensitive topic and, you know, I think, I think, you know, what you're saying is, is, is the right, the right path forward or what right way we should, you know, kind of look at this through. So no, Thanks, I appreciate man. it. Yeah, yeah I appreciate man. I just,
0: you know, it's one of those things, you know, you just see it and you're like, if there's so many layers, you know, I had a conversation with my brother today about it. And, you know, I was like, you know, it's not like, you know, why isn't there a Rooney rule for interviewing women? You know, well, because, you know, so it's not really about the, the, the minority situation. It's about, the status quo and nepotism and all these things that then create an unfair balance of who they choose to hire. So it's it's not overt racism. That's where people miss this. You know, it's like, oh, I'm not, I don't think Jerry Jones is racist. Neither do I. But the system with which he's operating is seemingly very racist because there's no black coaches. There's literally one right now in a league yeah. filled with black guys. You know, it's like you don't see that as like kind of an incongruence, you know? So, uh, you really have to say some racist shit to make that congruent is what you'll have to do. You know, you'll have to go, like, yeah, well, they're not smart exactly. enough for some stupid ass shit. You know, it's like, no, there's a problem. And so that problem can't be solved with, you know, anything, but what we're going to go through, which is some, you know, Brian Flores shedding light on it and having the conversation. I think it's a really good thing to have.
1: Yeah, no, I do. I do too.
0: Bingo. There you go. Well, speaking Of, (laughs) I don't know what I'm talking about, but the Super Bowl, man, Joey Burr is going to the Super Bowl. I've got Cincinnati fans all over the place. Uh, You know, I've got a very good friend of mine who was a Dayton Flyer. I was a UMass Minuteman, and of course, we hated the stupid Dayton Flyers. But here they are in the Super Bowl, the Cincinnati Bengals. Back with Joey Burrow and probably one of the worst offensive lines to ever make it to a Super Bowl. It's oh. probable,
1: right? I mean, who's ever given
0: up nine sacks and made it to the Super Bowl, eh?
1: Yeah, no. It's a, uh, it, you know, he's he's good, you know. It's just so he's so young and he's on the big stage. Uh so ha- you know, happy for the guy. Um <laughs> yeah, and it's it, it's quite a story how you know, and and I'm I'm on the wrong side of history with the the Bengals' decision to uh, take Jamar Chase instead of Panay too Yeah, uh, me yeah. But me too. you know, because of course, you know, it didn't matter. <laughs> and That's right, didn't matter. Um, and, and he and he's overcome that, right? He he's able to he's the reason. The ball That's or, right, bingo. You know, he he has the weapons, and but so does some other really good quarterbacks that aren't here. Um, you know, including one that he just took down. So no, it's um, yeah. No, you are right on the money, a, man. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's testament to his rise to the occasion, too, right? Yep. Um, winning the national championship, you know, like, was it his, like a first year starter just kind of stepped in and like won the national chip, and then you know comes into the NFL, uh, you know, you know doesn't even play what more than half the season his rookie year, uh, comes back, and he's like balling. Yes. Um, no, it's I, I, I actually moved him up in dynasty to my my QB five. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, and I, I, th- I think there's a case for him to be higher. Like, yeah, but no, I moved yet, him up. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's. I think it's. You know, he's right there, and he's at the cusp of greatness. If he wins, uh, you know, in, in a couple of weeks here, I, um, I just looked at my rankings. I moved yeah. him up to quarterback
0: four. I have it: oh, Mahomes, wow. Josh okay. Allen, Herbert, Burrow. <laughs> And then Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson, like, I mean, how could you be any more confident in a guy just long-term than Burrow? I think Kyler still has a higher ceiling, but like mm-hmm. you can just rest easy knowing that Joe Burrow is your starting quarterback in a, in a super flex league. Like great. Yep. Burrow chase. What a stack. If you can, if you can muster that stack in a dynasty league, like just <laughs> absolutely sick, right. For
1: years to come. For years to
0: come, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I absolutely love it. It's uh, it's super cool and and um, yeah. He's the he's gonna be the first guy to what uh, national championship, Heisman, Super Bowl. You know, I don't think anybody's ever done that, is what I remember. Uh, so you know, hopefully, he wins it. I'd love to see. I'd love to see Cincinnati win it. To be honest with you, I mean, uh, I don't That'd really care, but I, I think yeah. the the world will be cheering for Cincinnati in this one.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't really care anymore because I don't have a dog in the fight. But, um, yeah, I I. I do want. I do want the Bengals to win this one. Put it this
0: way, you know, <clears throat> whoever wins, it'll be cool because you get, like, honestly, if Matt Stafford can win a, a, you know, I know Felix Sharp is nodding his head right now, you know, because if you're a Detroit fan, it's kind of like when when uh, when the Boston Bruins saw Ray Bork go win one, you're like, go get one, son, you're great, you know. It's like we couldn't win one with you, so we went to like the Colorado Avalanche and won one. It's like the same type of thing. You you see your guy who you could never just support properly. I mean, you know, Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson. You know, Matt Stafford was a was a baller and a, and a competitor. Uh, we saw it again. You know, he, he he got his team to to win the game. You know, with what, whatever thirty or forty seconds left, get down the field, makes a dime pass to to Cooper Cup, streaking down the field, wide open against a terrible defensive call by by uh, by Tampa Bay. But regardless, made the play, got him in the got him in the uh, got him in the Super Bowl. Really, really cool story there, but uh, yeah, I think the uh, the Joe Burrow story is 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 you know kind of just as good.
1: Yeah, good, and I think could be better. So yeah, have, absolutely. But you know, happy for Stafford too. You know, longtime veteran finally gets his shot. Just cool. So speaking of uh, Cincinnati, um,
0: if you were on the clock and you had to pick between Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. In Dynasty, who would you take?
1: Still taking Jefferson.
0: Ooh, interesting. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, Because he's basically done what Jamar Chase has done two years in a row now. You know, so, I mean, I don't know. Maybe the situation isn't as good, but, I mean, he's – Jefferson's damn good, you know. No, Jefferson's Um, dope. I'll give you that. I mean, yeah, and he's been doing it. He's been putting up historical numbers as well, right? Jamar Chase has, but so as so as Justin Jefferson. So, uh, just because he's done it a little bit longer, uh, I do I do give him the nod there. But
0: all right, well you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna fire first. back at you. See if you can see if you can come back. So for me, it's Jamar Chase, and actually I don't even have to think about it very much. I think both players are fantastic, but for me, it's that sort of that comfort. The same comfort I'm talking about with Joe Burrow. It's the comfort I know that. Uh, Jamar Chase is going to have Joe Burrow throwing him the ball you know shout out to Adam Levitan the shower narrative you know these two guys are are linked they're like I mean this is like the best possible case scenario for quarterback um, you know insulation for a wide receiver whereas Justin Jefferson does not have that and you know I'm not saying he's not going to continue but If Kirk Cousins were to go somewhere, who knows who comes in there? Who knows what that quarterback situation looked like? Uh, I know they're getting a new head coach. I think it's O'Connell or whatever. But, you know, regardless of all that, you know, there's more sort of question marks in and around Justin Jefferson. Not about Justin Jefferson, just in and around. than there is with Jamar Chase. And Jamar Chase is younger, and I just like his situation better. To me, he's easy 1.01 in terms of wide
1: receivers. Justin Jefferson has 3,000 yards in the last two seasons, man. Is that good? This guy, dude, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he put up 1,600 yards. I mean, he's only 23. Yeah, Chase is a little bit younger. Um, is more solid, right? So, I mean, you know, you ask me tomorrow, I'll probably say it's Chase, right? But man, like Justin Jefferson has been doing this for two years in a row, right? So um, to me, it's, it's also consistency and the fact that he's really come out, come out, swing just like chase has, um, you know, he's just been doing it for just for a little bit longer. There's um, something to be
0: saying about that. I, I don't you disagree. Know, with and,
1: that. You know, and 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 he's doing it with Kirk Cousins, right? Kirk Cousins isn't nothing, but. I mean, he isn't Joe Burrow, no. <laughs> you know? no. So, so, so you know, and we don't know what's going to happen in Minnesota. I think they're going to stick with Cousins. I think at least for one year. I, I think so too. Yeah, um, but new coach, right? So no more Zimmer. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens in, in Minnesota there with the coaching situation. But
0: yeah, it can't uh, really be a bad thing getting rid of Zimmer. At this yeah, point. exactly. Yeah. Right. It, it yeah. can't
1: be bad. So like, you can't get worse for Jefferson. Um and I think over time Chase does become the 101, you know, in, in, in you know, the, in wide receivers for sure. Yeah. Uh at some point, you know, probably soon like like I said, sooner than later. But you know, ask me today. I think it's Justin Jefferson still. But uh, another yeah, person Chase, Chase, Chase yeah. catching up already is says a lot.
0: Yeah, another person I'll be having on the pot pod. Uh, pod pot. I mean, we might smoke pot too, but probably not. Uh, another person I'll be having on the pod is Nate Liss, uh, who was, I thought one of my favorite shows, man. I've loved the Nate Liss show last, last year. Can't wait to have him back on again. He did a, uh, a YouTube video about, uh, CD lamb and, you know, there was a lot of, uh, CD lamb, you know, people jumping into the life rafts off the CD lamb, you know, Titanic. And I guess I would ask you, are you panicking about CD lamb or what do you think here about C D Lamb in terms of dynasty value?
1: I'm I'm nervous. Uh, I'm definitely nervous, but I'm not panicking. Yeah. But the thing is, here's the thing. His perceived value is is like tanky. Right. <laughs> he, he hasn't even played a game. He's not even playing right now. Like how how is he going from WR, you know, two or three? I mean, I guess he had to drop because Chase had to jump in there, but Yeah. You know, how does he drop from like you know, up top to not even a WR12. Like people are like, Oh, he's not even a top 10 receiver in dynasty. Like, okay. That's, that's just freaking out. And that's being ridiculous. He's not even playing right now. He's not even hurt. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) You know, and then I guess people are starting to dice into the numbers and say, say that he's never had a, you know, top 10 finish as a, as a receiver. And and they start dialing in. Okay, fine. The production argument, I get it. And there's some concerns, you know, but he's tied to Dak, and I think I'm going to trust the talent. I'm going to trust that he kind of figures it out, gets the chemistry back, um, because he, he came out guns blazing too. So uh, I'm worried. You know, I, I have dropped him a little bit. Um, still have him in like that top five, top, top six range.
0: Yeah, I think that's um, fair. I mean, as long as yeah, you're not I'm dropping him not, too much further than yeah. that, I think you're yeah, fine. I'm, yeah, I'm not
1: panicking. You know, he's he's still super young. He's only 22. Um, I mean, yeah, still one of the be- best talented young receivers. So I, I want st- to stick with him.
0: Well, I agreed with Nate Liss and his YouTube video. Feel free to look it up um, if, you, if you'd if you like to. I won't retort retort his entire uh, diatribe. But what I will say is... Is that I am not concerned at all, really. I think he was on a team with immense target competition, um, you know, and a lot of weapons, both Zeke and Pollard out of the backfield. Uh, Schultz and Jarwin uh, are at least adequate tight ends, and Schultz had a much better year than that. Uh, Amari Cooper, Gallup, and Cedric Wilson showed out, but certainly Amari being a, you know, hundred and some odd million dollar wide receiver, um, you know, and still. With all of that, C.D. Lamb, in back-to-back seasons, his age 21 and 22 seasons in the NFL, put up 111 and 120 targets. He got better each year. Um, <clears throat> he went from 111 to 120. His catch rate stayed right at you know basically 66%. His yards per reception went up from 12.5 to 14. He had 1,100 yards this year. Um, I'll take 1,100 yards. He was... Uh, went from 8.4 to 9.2 yards per target. I mean, really, the touchdowns—he had five and six, eh, just fine. I think a lot of this comes from you know the high-profile games where he's had a little bit of a, a of a tough spot, like especially the playoff game. You know, where what he get two targets or whatever, like just kind of a a, a crazy game in that playoff game. Um, I'm looking at it here. You got five targets, one catch in the San Francisco game. You know, I don't know, man. I think that's really what it comes down to is there's a little bit of, you know, uh, vividness bias, if you want to call it that, where you see it on the big stage. He didn't do anything. And even Troy Aikman was like, why are they not throwing the ball to him? He's, you know, so I I don't know. I think there's a lot of, you know, sort of data points that don't matter as much. I do understand that he had sort of a, I don't know if you want to call it a Tyler Boyd-esque season. But um, we we know he's not Tyler Boyd. You know what I mean? Like we, I mean, you know, all these guys are kind of closer together than we give him credit for, but he's more of an alpha. And I think he's going to move into that range. I think he's going to see 140-ish targets next year. And I think he's going to be Dak's number one target. And he's going to put up over 11 or 1,200 yards and probably get closer to 10 touchdowns. And, you know, that's that. I, I don't know that he will see huge volume like Justin Jefferson does until there's a little bit more space for him to do that i.e amari cooper moves on which i think is maybe a year if not two away from happening so uh yeah i'm not worried about him uh cd i still have him as you know wide receiver four-ish i mean i guess it's him or aj brown um i know a lot of people would like to put some other people there but it's really hard to find who you'd like to put there because you know, Tyree Hill is going to be 28 years old. Cooper cups going to be 29. Did you know Cooper cup is older than Tyree Hill? Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's yeah, crazy. It's, I mean, I'm not saying the that age is everything, but man, you know, how many more years of Cooper cup do you really think there is? Uh, you, we probably saw his ceiling, you know, as the best wide receiver in the entire league that probably doesn't happen next year. Uh, Devontae Adams is dope, but he's, he's 30. Um, you know, Uh, Yeah. Okay. Uh, Debo Samuel. I love Debo Samuel. You know that. But, you know, he's going to be 27 and, you know, is used as a running back. Oftentimes injuries are a concern there. Okay. So maybe DK Metcalf. I don't know. I'd rather have CeeDee Lamb than DK. I think they're very similar. So as you start to go down the list, it's kind of like, I think CeeDee Lamb is a bit, a, a top five wide receiver in Dynasty, a little bit by default, but also we're overlooking him just because it's like, wait, you know, I got a little nervous because he had one catch in a playoff game.
1: Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I mean his playoff performance, you know, at the end of his season, that that doesn't bother me. Right. I'm looking at the numbers and like you said, he's, he's gone from like 900 yards to 1100 yards. I think he's, he will see about 140 targets next season. And that almost feels like a reason, a very reasonable, very achievable target for that right like target yeah. for targets right like I, I think that's gonna probably be a good projection i'd probably project him at 140 yeah um which you know then i then you then you hope like he hits the, the like those eight to ten touchdowns Bingo. you know he he steps up a little bit more yeah. and he's hitting what you know 1300 yards 1400 yards and he if he keeps you know escalate you know like kind of moving up then yeah i think i think the, the concerns go away and it's like you know i told you so and you should have just stuck with him right because People are people are starting to panic, right? I'm getting I'm getting some questions about about Lamb, and you know, should they give him up for a, you know a first <laughs> first this year? I said no, no, <laughs> you know, you're crazy. Um, you know, he's still better than you know who's coming in right now. Um, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable there. He's a better um, bet. I mean, there's some yeah. ceiling
0: players in this class. You know, Traylon Burks specifically, I think yeah. has that yeah. that ceiling. Um, you know, maybe Drake London has some ceiling in him too. I mean, I think Garrett Wilson is going to be a, a really fine wide receiver. I don't even, I think he's more of a floor play. Like if you're just looking for a sure thing, you know, not sure how much of a ceiling you need, but you just want a uh, you know, a sure thing at the wide receiver position, it feels like Garrett Wilson is that, um, you know, which is why I sort of moved him, you know, up a little bit in my rankings, just because it's like at this particular point, if I'm drafting today, I think I'd rather just take sure sure bets at this particular point. As we get closer to the draft, we see landing spots, et cetera. You know, and then you can start painting a picture of actually what the situations look like and whether there's a match for the skill set, et cetera. But, you know, yeah, I'm with you, man. CeeDee Lamb, uh, you know, not too worried. I thought he had a pretty good season. Uh, Nate List also pointed out that if he played 16, if he'd have played 17, he would have been the wide receiver 12, uh, which is, yeah. a you know, wide receiver yeah, one and, on the season. And okay. And
1: Gal- and Gallup's, Gallup's probably gone. Yeah. Right. Well he's got agency. the ACL too. Yeah, he got the ACL, but he's probably gone in free agency. Yeah. Um, you know, even if he comes back
0: he won't be there, uh, right? Now.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, so I don't think I don't think Galve would be back. Um, you know, Amari Cooper, is getting a little bit older and you could tell he's not the focal point of that offense, right? So they're gonna probably start focusing on uh, you know, kind of funneling it to Lamb and in the past game. And I, I do see that, right? And I think for me, I'm comfortable keeping in my top five. So
0: all right. Well, now for the funnest part of the of the show, it's like this or that. We're gonna play a little bit of this or that. You can say however much you want. It doesn't have to be rapid fire or anything like that, but it's just which player do you prefer in Dynasty? One of my favorite things to do because so often we're we're on the clock and we're trying to figure out which guy. Some are on the show sheet. I will warn you, Chalk, some. I'm just gonna hit you off the off the cuff, and you're gonna have to think about it on the spot. So, are you ready for a little of this or that, my friend? I'm ready. All right, I'm gonna start one that is not on the show sheet, just because I like to fuck with you a little bit. Uh, this this one is is uh, is Jalen Waddle or DJ Moore in dynasty? Oh, <laughs> that's
1: so funny. I was, <laughs> I was literally going back and forth with that today. It's so hard. Yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with DJ Moore right now. Ooh, it's so close. But I, I have him back-to-back. And Me too. And I was going back. like I was like, I had more. And I was like, oh, should I put Waddle? And I had him there, and I moved more back. And I was like, oh, I'll just leave it there for now.
0: It's so hard. It's so hard. And and uh, both are such such great players. And, and yeah, I think uh, DJ Moore, thankfully, is pretty young. So he's able to to yeah. still retain some value. And hopefully they can figure out a quarterback. Look, if they get a huge quarterback upgrade, one thing has been DJ Moore has been dope despite some of the worst quarterback play you could possibly imagine.
1: He's he's basically put up, you know, essentially 1,200 yards the last three seasons. Yes. You know, and four touchdowns each of those seasons. So, I mean, and again, that's with horrible, inconsistent quarterbacks and yes. no stability, but he's still putting up those numbers. Yes. Right? I mean, he saw 163 targets this season. I mean, dude, he is the alpha there. And... I think Waddle is going to be the, the you know, the, the alpha, the target in, in Miami, but Moore's that right now. And he's been doing it a uh, year and year out. So I'm going more.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. And, and, um, yeah, DJ Moore has been, I would say, unlucky. I think that, you know, scoring touchdowns is a bit of a skill, but at the same time, that team doesn't score touchdowns. So it's like, you know, that's, I think, more of the issue than, uh, looking at DJ Moore and saying you're the problem. You know, uh, we were, we were, saying that sam darnold was his savior if you remember correctly at the beginning of the season like thank god he got sam darnold like literally that was words coming out of people's mouths so dj moore pretty much a special player and i would agree with you um one that is on the show sheet i i love this is uh who would you rather have in dynasty michael Pittman or amon ra saint brown
1: uh, I I want Michael Pittman. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I want Michael. So Pittman. Yeah. It's a close one. It, that's another tough one. Uh, I think, I think the, the Colts have shown or signal that Pittman is their, their wide receiver one, um, at least for the time being. And we'll see what happens. Um, and I, I think Pittman is a better, better player than St. Brown. um, that's a good. That's a good one. You I mean, know, they, they, played the on age, the same, they played on the same. They played on the same college team. team too. So yeah, yeah it's pretty, yeah.
0: pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, and,
1: and, and St. Brown really came through at the <laughs> end of the season, and he has that, that connection with golf. Uh, I want to go with Pittman, but it, it's close.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I looked at the you know our consensus rankings, and they're twenty five and twenty six in the rankings, consensus rankings. And I have Pittman ahead. I have met at uh, wide receiver twenty eight, and I'm on raw at thirty. And I, sometimes I look at it and go, hmm. I don't know. You know, uh, of course Tommy is the only guy who has Amon-Ra ahead and I don't necessarily hate it. You know, I think there's a case to it, be yeah. made about Amon-Ra earning targets and being a, you know, a slot weapon going forward. Uh speaking of slot weapons, here's two, Elijah Moore or Keenan Allen in dynasty, who do you prefer?
1: Oh, Elijah Moore. Yeah, that's, me too. That's not that's not that close to me
0: yeah I've got, it's funny man they're back to back in our consensus rankings and of course I have Elijah Moore about six spots ahead of Keenan Allen just like my boy Chalk over here so me and Chalk are Chalk sometimes we're this original Spider-Man meme so it's yes. pretty funny uh, you know I can ask a random question and almost always we're going to be on the same page with it which is kind of stupid um, let's go with oh boy my my boy <laughs> you know what's coming <laughs> Yeah. Allen Robinson or Gabe Davis in Dynasty? I just said it. Allen Robinson or Gabe <laughs> Davis in Dynasty? Who are you taking? It's a serious question. It's a real it's, question.
1: You know, it's funny. You literally asked me today why, like, well, how come your rankings aren't on the <laughs> site? And has, and I, I literally am in a draft. So I, but I'm also, like I told you, work workshopping my my rankings. And and this was another one. It's funny because. I didn't look at the look at my rankings and decide, you know, um, like based on like what what, what our consensus is thinking. But it's funny you're asking me because these are the ones that I was having trouble with. It's Gabe Davis for me over Alan Woo! Robinson.
0: Let's go, baby. Uh,
1: <laughs> I love
0: it. I can't wait.
1: Gabe Davis is tied to to Josh Allen. <laughs> Gabe oh. Davis scores touchdowns, man. Like, like you said, it's touchdowns are random, but it's also a skill thing too, right? Yeah. And if you have a nose for it and a knack for it, you'll find it more often than others, right? Like let's just say everyone's gonna score at a certain like the same rate of touchdown rate. And then if you have a knack for it, you can increase that randomness. Right. Gabe Davis right. has that propensity, so he can increase his you know, random chances of getting a touchdown. And he does that often. He just yes. doesn't. It's not just his last touch, this last uh, record setting. No, he uh, scores uh, a touchdown every
0: he, game. He, he scored. Yeah. yeah. Every game, yeah. every game yeah. he played more than 50% of the snaps. He scored a fucking it's, touchdown. It's and it's ridiculous. because of the type of routes he runs too. Right. So obviously like Beasley is this little sort of close to the line of scrimmage, you know, Wes Welker, you know, Edelman's just quick fucking, you know, Hunter Renfro type, who's just trying to get open quickly. And if shit breaks down, it's like Beasley's there. So if there's pressure, Beasley's going to be open, but three yards down the line, whatever. And then Diggs is their alpha. So he's working, you know, wherever he wants to, quite frankly, whether it's deep or short or intermediate, he's all over the place. But Gabe Davis is looking to run like deep posts and, and you know, these sort of that, that shake route he ran, or he just put that kid in the tornado from uh, the Chiefs. And, you know, he running routes like that, you know, down the field, you know, he runs that deep post where, you know, for whatever reason, Josh Allen is money with that throw. He threw one uh, against our, my Patriots in the playoffs too. It was like, you know, and of course, Gabe Davis hands catches it around his knees, like just such a great, you know, player. I, I, you know, I said at one point, I think it was in his rookie year. I said, I think Gabe Davis is a poor man's Kenny Galladay. I'm so sorry. I was way off. He's a rich man's Kenny Galladay. He is pretty good, man. <laughs> I, I felt like a hot take when I said he's like 85% Kenny Galladay. I was like, I don't know. That's a little bit of a hot take, but I feel a lot better about it now. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he needs he needs he needs the snaps and the targets though, like more consistently. And maybe, 100%. maybe he it. And maybe he's earned it, right? Maybe this this last playoff game was really about him breaking out and showing Josh Allen and the and the coaching staff that I deserve to be, you know, the WR2 and I deserve those snaps. I deserve those targets. See, if I, he gets like those targets, so. if he gets those targets, then he can he could be, you know, in the conversation for a top twenty. Yeah,
0: honestly, I mean, if he plays a full complement of snaps next year and doesn't get hurt and Josh Allen doesn't get hurt, like, uh, the ceiling is one of those, like, top-end Kenny Galladay seasons where it's, like, you know, 11 or 1,200 yards and, you know, somewhere like 8 to 15 touchdowns. Like, literally, you know what I mean? Like, he's shown you that he can score four in a game and he shows you that he kind of scores one almost every game he plays. Like, he can really get a high touchdown total and really be a top ten wide receiver. Now his floor he's shown as well, which is getting out snapped by Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley. I, I get it. I see the floor. I, I understand. His, his floor
1: you know? is is MVS. Yes, that's <laughs> Unfortunately. right. Unfortunately, that's right. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. No, that's yeah. right. But but he doesn't drop the ball like MVS does, right? So well, that's right. You know, I, I think I think his his ceiling and his his actually normal like just range of outcomes and i hate that i hate that phrase but yeah you know what what more most realistically will happen is he'll be a solid producer right he just needs the snaps like as long as he gets the snaps he's going to earn the targets because like you said he runs those routes that josh allen prefers he like he he looks for that
0: yes Um, totally
1: yeah and and the games like you said where he plays he scores and he's getting those looks right like he's he's averaging i think five or six targets a game in the the games I see averaged more than, you know, half the snaps. So,
0: so there's a couple of guys, uh, one in particular, I wanted to talk about maybe, uh, you know, it's not on the show sheet, so it's a little bit off the cuff here, but someone that I've been thinking a lot about, or I've had some, I don't know. Here, here's the way I'll say it. I'm, I'm highest, uh, in the undroppables consensus on this wide receiver. He is one of the most prolific receivers under 22 years old in the history of the league. He is coming off injury and will likely be playing with the Kansas City Chiefs next year. Juju Smith-Schuster is somehow overlooked in Dynasty. Most of our guys, I mean, we have him at consensus wide receiver 39. I have him in the top 24, and I'm wondering, you know, how you feel about this. So maybe a little this or that with Juju Smith-Schuster. You know, I'll I'll kind of, I don't know if these are easy or not. These are some of the people that I have him ahead of, but some of the other guys don't. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster in Dynasty or Darnell Mooney? Mooney. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, go fuck myself then. I, yeah. See, I don't know.
1: <laughs> really?
0: So you're out on I, Juju? I,
1: I, man, it's tough, man. Like, I I liked Juju for so long and I've been holding on. But as I was, like, working my rankings, just, he just kept dropping. Like, I, I just couldn't find a place where I would comfortably like him. And I found him at, actually, I actually have him lower than consensus. Like, I'm and, okay. and I I feel bad, right? Like when you said it, it's like, I'm like, wow, I have him at wide receiver 43. So yeah, so, I have him low, but then, okay. So people I have ahead of him, Christian Kirk, Beckham, Jacoby Myers, Renfro, MT, Alan Robb. I'm going, I'm going upwards, right? So like yeah. Mike Williams, Mar- uh, Hollywood. Cortland Sutton, Gabe Davis, Mooney, Brandon Cooks, so I mean, and that's going up like quite a bit now. That's like what thirteen. Days. That's a whole tier of players. So yeah, I moved them past like down, 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 you know, and got to Kirk, and I was like, well, I still like Kirk's a free agent, so is Schuster, but Schuster's been saying he wants to go back to Pittsburgh. It's like, why would you want to go back there, man? Hmm. Um, uh, so and I think because I I because he said that i feel like he's going to stay in pittsburgh if he if he leaves then yeah i could see him in the top 30ish range but this still is, prefer like gabe davis over him
0: yeah this is very interesting for me uh obviously he had a, a tremendous rookie season you know at at age 21 he had a an unbelievable age 22 season 166 targets 111 catches over 1400 yards uh, in that uh, age 22 season with a cooking Ben Roethlisberger in 2018. 2019 only played 12 games. I think that was an injury laden season for the team. He was not very good. And then it was the last two years, was the awful Ben Roethlisberger year. But even in 2020, he still earned 128 targets, caught 97 of them. Um, you know, his catch percentage is about 70% uh you know his yards per target obviously fell precipitously in his last two seasons but he was over 8 yards a target in his first 3 years um yeah i don't know man it's like he's still over eight, tar- 8 yards a target in his career because of you know his first 3 years so i don't know man i you know he's just a guy that i think if he gets an opportunity he'll be 26 years old next year he's just turned 25 um i'm not saying he's like some sort of superstar but if you want to talk about who's got a bigger ceiling going forward, like some of these guys, or you know, Juju, who's got still, you know, a good three or four years, if he can find the right offense, man oh man, I, I don't know. He's like he's Amon Ra before Amon Ra was Amon Ra. Like that's yeah, who he is. No,
1: <laughs> Juju's dope. He was dope. You know, and yeah. he was he was the WR one in Dynasty like what, three years ago? I mean, probably like I think it was like three years ago, not too long ago, and then yeah, the precipitous drop happened. Well, he still I, has it. Just, and I, I think I, I would I, just I, say I'm, that I would yeah.
0: be drafting him at, at his current price. You know, like course, in a startup, yeah. I'm going to oh, be yeah. clicking the button on Juju. Now, I'm not saying, yeah. oh, Juju, big time, he's the man. I'm just saying like, you no. know, that type of profile at this type of cost just doesn't make sense to me. And maybe I'm a little too high on him. I mean, I, I might have been a little too high on him the whole time. But when I see 166 target, 100 catch, 1500 yard season from a 22 year old, I don't know. Like that doesn't happen very often. That's yeah, he's, rarefied he's air.
1: And he's going at the end of the tenth round in yeah. startups right now. Can't be. Know? Can't.
0: Can't happen. Can't have it. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be sooner than. So yeah. I, I. You know. I just think that he's a huge value. And you know, obviously, you know, the first one I gave you, I was going to go all the way up to guys like Ayuk. You know, obviously, you don't have him ahead of Ayuk. I don't either. But I'm just saying, like, yeah, I'm nowhere. We're nowhere close. Obviously, I. I, I just think he's worth consideration. You know. Uh, especially if you're going to say in the 8th, ninth, 10th round of dynasty startups, I would be pushing the button on the upside of, of Juju Smith-Schuster over some of the sort of meh players, you know, Tyler Boyds and shit like that. So, yeah, all day long.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. I still like Juju. I haven't written him off. It just it, 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 it was tough. I just kept moving him down. Um, so let's play the game with,
0: with, with uh, Gabriel Davis because it sounds like you do see the ceiling in Gabriel Davis – who's also only 22 is going to be 23 this coming year or whatever it is. Um, I think he maybe officially played his 23-year-old season this year, but whatever. Um, <clears throat> you know, like Gabriel Davis, Mike Williams, you have Davis ahead? Yeah, I have Davis ahead. So the, one of the next ones that comes up is Chase Claypool. They're similar players, actually. Uh, pedigree, obviously Claypool's got them, but – I don't know, man. What what do you think there?
1: I have I have Claypool a little bit ahead, but yeah, I don't know. I have to, I have to look at that closer, right? I I think I think <laughs> the difference between Claypool and Davis Mooney, they're all real close together. Yeah, um, you know, some other like I have Jerry Judy kind of in that value tier as well. Yeah, I don't know what to do with them. It's, it, like a lot of these guys, like, I just don't know what to do with them.
0: Gabriel like, Davis or Tyler Lockett.
1: I prefer Lockett, but it, so yeah, it's, it's, I have, all, I have those yeah. two
0: guys back to back in my rankings. Just yeah. Right now. So I, not, I have
1: Lockett at 30 and, and Davis at 33. So, yeah. And, yeah. There you go.
0: So, I mean, we're, we're pretty much there. Uh, the, You know, <laughs> we've got more to talk about, don't we, coming up in future episodes. I think that probably does it then. Mr. Chalk, Mr. One Hundred and One Chalk, my my friend, my buddy. Hey, tell the good people what's going on with the Undroppables. Tell them some of the things you've been working on. Tell them. I mean, I I mentioned some stuff on the outset, you know, with Blake, and you know, our our rankings are free, and you know, but there's all sorts of cool stuff. And and tell the fine listeners what's going on, so they can they can tune in.
1: Yeah, I've been working on getting our Patreon set up and our our little Discord community. Uh, You can check us out at Patreon.com/slash The Undroppables. A um, lot of lot of exclusive kind of discussions and and, and mind share uh, we got going on in the community. So give us give us a shout there and check us out. Uh, other than that, just been planning for this next upcoming season, working with uh, obviously yourself, Jax, and Tommy and and you know some of the other team members on uh, content content planning and and what we got in store uh, coming out with the rookie draft kit uh, things like that. So. Uh pretty excited and you know, gonna stay busy over the next few months. Uh, but you know, as, as always looking forward to to the fun ahead. Yeah, absolutely,
0: man. And thank you so much for coming on. It was a it was a blast to have you and you know, kind of the maybe one of the last shows I'm gonna have uh without uh some pretty pretty awesome guests lined up. I mean it's 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 that time. Uh I'm you know Really looking forward to listening to what everybody's got to say about incoming rookies and all these dynasty players, and and we'll just try and uh, keep putting out some great content for all you listeners. And for all you new listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, it's been a it's been a lot of fun, and and the fun is just beginning. Um, you know, dynasty. I always say is it, it gets more fun in the off season <laughs> sometimes than the. Then the season, you know, dynasty startups are super fun. Everybody wants to do a startup, do a startup every year for your whole life. You're in a hundred leagues by the end of it, like BZ over here. So, but uh, it's just, it's just so much fun. So, uh, but without further ado, I will say thank you to all you listeners. And on behalf of everybody here at The Undroppables, on behalf of everybody here at The Undrafted, on behalf of the biggest number one Jalen Hurts fan in the world, producer Michael P. Duncan, on behalf of Nicholas U. Chalk, on behalf of me, Mr. Jax Falcone, we are out.